Hey Angels, it's Amy from the Freud's Angels podcast. And Vanessa. We're here to bring you a special series about my journey and rewriting my narrative around my body and redefining my relationship with it. And along the way, as Amy is on this journey, we will bring to you gifts that come out of it, ways that you can handle your own body journey, things that you can think about in order to reclaim your own narrative. Now let's get to it. Hey, angels. We have an overly excited Vanessa on our hands right now. She am. <laughs> I can't even hold myself together right now. I know. <laughs> I'll get through the intro so we can we can talk about all the things that are bursting from forth from you. So, first of all, welcome back to the Body Reclamation Series. I appreciate you guys spending the time with us, being here with us, and hopefully reclaiming your own sense of self and your own body within the fold. Um, something that I think is important to talk about is is about food because a, that's how we fuel our bodies. B I think with anybody with an autoimmune issue, we understand the importance of food and how food can make us feel good or not feel good. Um, I have, you know, with a lot of my history with food is that, you know, I was, I have the food relationship of a, like a 10 year old. That's something we discovered in a previous podcast because of, you know, some of the trauma and the woundings and around food and around my mother and her own dieting and everything that's happened with her. So my tastes are very much juvenile. Um, I love it. Don't worry. Don't get me wrong. Put me in a high end restaurant and I'm eating it because I love it. It's good. <laughs> but my normal day to day food is very challenged um, because I see, I look for quick, I look for easy. Cause when you're a kid and you're feeding yourselves at home, you could only use the stove. It's not like you have techniques. You you're looking for box mac and cheese and, and hot dogs. That's really what you're looking for or some other cheap and easy way to eat. Um, but as we all do, we all have food sensitivities. Mm-hmm. Um, I think most of us do. Some of us are very lucky in that they have iron stomachs. And I used to until I, the, the autoimmune issues started happening. And then I realized my body doesn't like what I'm feeding it. Yeah. And I, and I'm very novice at this. I don't know a lot because I have just kind of ignored it, done my own thing, did my best here and there, but just really kind of was like, whatever. Um, whereas Vanessa has had her own journey with food and with having sensitivities Um, having a child that had sensitivities. And so she, you know, had to worry about what she was eating because she had to, you know, breastfeed and all of the things that, you know, that she took in, her baby was taking in. And so there was a whole bunch of really great information that she got. I'm sure it wasn't at the time. Um, It was probably hard and stressful and like, I just want to feed my baby. And And I'm sure it was like, you know, just horrific, but she's come out of it with a lot of great information. And I think um, a lot of uh, great tips and how to understand what our body does. And she's also 
turned me on to a new podcast. I mean, we we love podcasts uh, here yeah. and I, I'm happy to promote whatever podcast that can help the masses and their journey. Like I'm here for it. Um, so with that, I am going to turn it over to Vanessa so she can share her newly found gem and her, her story about her own like path with food and its sensitivities. Yeah. I mean, it's a path that I never thought I would be on because when you talk about that iron stomach, that was me. I had an iron stomach and I never had to worry about my metabolism. Uh, truly. And I know it's a blessed life. And I say that with the, I, the knowledge and the gratitude of that, of the biggest chunk of the, the biggest chunk of my life thus far being very easy in terms of that, but it quickly turned on its head (laughs) and all of that went, you know, 180. Um, yeah, I mean, I never truly, um, never thought about food in terms of um, anything beyond cooked at home or cooked somewhere else. I mean, it was kind of like we grew up not eating fast food because, you know, maybe, you know, Grace, we lived in the sticks. There was, you know, to get fast food was like you had to go into the city parts and we weren't there that often. So um, even very few restaurants. So it wasn't very often that we didn't eat food from home. And it was very, you know, staples, meat, starch and um vegetables we used some butter i mean it was i mean my we actually ate pretty well to be honest and that's why we were all you know we never had problems with our metabolisms we were all you know pretty fairly thin and healthy uh then i get out into the world and i can do whatever i want (laughs) and you know things changed a little bit metabolism wise it seemed right? I thought my metabolism slowed down, but really what happened was I was changing the way that I was eating and it didn't come to a head until I had my baby. Um, there were two things that, that, um, I think were important about even just having her. Um, one being that I went through infertility treatment when I was in New Jersey. Um, and when I was married and to no avail, nothing ever worked. I did it for almost two years. Uh, before mentally I couldn't handle it anymore and I quit and then you know subsequently my marriage fell apart so thankfully in retrospect there wasn't a child that came of it Um, but when I moved to Florida and my blood pressure went down I got pregnant within three months and that was my first indication of huh I think maybe my body chemistry (laughs) changed somehow Nothing about my food at that point had changed though. So, um, it was literally just that stress level. And, um, it turned that first pregnancy was an ectopic pregnancy. I had a very painful journey on that. Um, and then, um, after that, I successfully conceived my daughter and the entire time I was very stressed. I felt great though. Why do you think I felt great? Cause I was eating great because I was so conscious that I had a a child inside of me that I bye bye all bad things I ate so good so clean like and and I felt great and she was healthy and I was healthy uh until she came out and um I think she was I mean it's probably about a month after she was born it really started to show that after 
um, certain things that I ate, she would get a rash on her face, like, a, and swollen. I mean, it was like an unrecognizable baby. And one day I had a bowl of cereal and then breastfed her. And it was awful. It was all over her body. I had to strip her down. I thought it was because we lived in Florida and it was the heat, but it wasn't hot in the house. So it was this whole panic, right? Like I finally had this kid that I wanted. And now what am I doing? Like, I don't know what I'm doing. Um, and I called her pediatrician and her pediatrician said, um, well, you had cereal. It's probably the dairy. And I was like, what? I mean, truly, I was like, I'm not lactose intolerant. I've never, and she was like, listen, your body changes when you get pregnant. Um, try it. The only thing you can do is try it and let me know how, how it is instantly. It was better. So I had to dairy free for two years, um, while I was breastfeeding her. Um, it wasn't as hard as I thought it was going to be, um, because there's a lot of good, um, different things out there. Like having almond milk instead actually made me feel better. Um, there's a lot of dairy-free cheeses that while it doesn't taste like a cheese, I kind of tricked myself into being like, well, this is a new cheese, right? Like if I were to try a cheese I've never had before, you know, and, and, and using that. Um, but that was really just the beginning, honestly, because then I started to feel all kinds of other stuff happening. And I ended up at an allergist because I thought, that something was very wrong with me. I thought I was like allergic to South Florida. And I got um, an <laughs> allergy panel that did not really touch a lot of food. I had to actually ask. They did like the outdoor and all that kind of stuff. I had to ask, well, could you give me a food one? Because I feel like because of the dairy thing, there's got to be other stuff. And they gave me like some bullshit, like, you know, prick, prick test or whatever that came back for like shellfish. The dairy didn't come back at all for anything. Cause I wasn't eating it y'all. Like, you know, like I didn't have all of these levels. I had changed my entire body chemistry by the time I had that test. Right. So that right. I'm putting pieces together and I'm going, wow, this body is amazing. Right. Like I absolutely know that dairy was a problem. Why wouldn't it be a problem right now when they're doing this test? Interesting, right? So yeah. I'm going through all of this, you know, this kind of stuff and, you know, we'll, we'll, I'll fast forward it to here. And now I'm in this space of knowing that I'm very close to having um, autoimmune issues. I feel inflammation in my joints. Um, I feel inflammation in my body. I feel sensitive to touch sometimes. And I know it's because my body's highly inflamed. So I've been going through information and learning about how our bodies change over time, um, just because that's how it is, but environmental factors, um, including our emotional health and stress and, you know, even the air that, that gets circulated through my AC vents. Um, but then heavily getting into food. Um, and this guys, I cannot stress to you enough what is out there that we're putting into our bodies and how much of it is actually like contributing to so many of the diseases and issues that we have. Um, so I'll, I'll, I'll drop the podcast that I've been listening to recently 
Um, I've followed them on Instagram for quite some time. They always have gems. I, I mean, everything that they have to say, I'm just like listening. They, they're medical doctors and practitioners who, you know, know the medicine behind it. Um, it's called Rupa Health, R-U-P-A Health. Um, and they have a podcast that um, it's only a few months old, but the podcast is really just all about um, interviewing people that have this alternative, it shouldn't be alternative, but we're going to call it alternative way of thinking about um, how we're nurturing our bodies and what actually happens to our bodies when we are not nurturing them the way that they need to be and how individual each of our bodies are. So um, when you go to that, I'm not going to reiterate everything that they said, of course, but they go through, you know, your gut health and how important that is for your emotional health how connected those things are, what certain things in your gut actually produce serotonin, which amazed me. Um, but also the links to fertility, which when I read, when I listened to that one, I was like, Oh my goodness gracious. Like I'm eating dairy. and gluten. <laughs> Yeah. I was like, ah, interesting. And that would be okay. Right. And then when I had my last miscarriage, it was when I started eating gluten and cheese again. Interesting. Like, <laughs> I feel this, I hear this, but, um, one of the things I wanted to, to say more than anything is that what they brought up is, um, something important that actually is what I'm telling you about those younger years of my life when I didn't have problems is that many of us are inflaming our bodies for so long without symptoms that we don't realize that we've had the sensitivity all along, but our body gets tired of fighting it like anything else. And it starts to not be able to fight it. And that's where we see the inflammation. And that's where we see a lot of the allergies and food sensitivities show up is because it's just, we, we haven't been limiting or paying attention. And now we're at, you know, point break <laughs> where the body's showing it up. So um, that, I want everybody to really think about is that even if you're not having an autoimmune issue right now, does not mean that you're not putting something into your body that's contributing negatively to your health. Um, they talk a lot about depression and food and the, the, not the connection between if you're depressed, what you eat, but what you eat and how that inflammation and how that inability for your body to process can contribute to lack of chemicals in your brain that, you know, cause depression and stuff like that. I mean, it's, it's fascinating. We don't have the opportunity to do all this research ourselves, right? We only have the opportunity to find the information and then apply it to ourselves as our individual body. We tend to go to the doctor and expect them to do that work forgetting that we have an individual body and an individual experience with that body every day, 24 seven. So it's really on us. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, even today I was, you know, I was saying I still have inflammation. I still have work to do. Um, I've still been beating up on my body by refusing to let go of certain things. Um, and it's, I have to make the change at least temporarily. Yeah. Um, and that's that. I mean, honestly, that's the, the silver lining of all of this is that it's very rare that you have to stop forever. 
It's really just to let your body heal a do over a mulligan <laughs> of like, okay, I'm not going to beat you up next time. The body has an incredible ability to heal itself when we allow it. Yeah. So and something that's my, have... that's my spiel. That's my story. Well, <laughs> which is freaking amazing. She, you know, friends, she inspires me all the time because I'm, I'm beginning to step into that space of how can I use food as medicine? Yeah. I mean, I love food. I'm never going to not love food. I love baked goods. I love, you know, I am a baker. It's never going to not be a part of me, mm-hmm. but how can I minimize the stuff that the best way I can, um, that is really inflaming. And I know sugar is highly inflammatory. Um, how can I minimize that in my diet and something it's, it's interesting because, um, something you said about how, you know, your gut health impacts your mood because of certain factors and certain hormones that get excreted and, And I'm like, and I think that's, that's, that's where a cycle is for a lot of people is because it affects our emotions, but yet our emotions also affect energetically our gut. So it's like, there's this cycle that you're in that none of the parts of the cycle are breaking free because you're in that cycle that it's like, you have to make a change that you have control of in order to break the cycle in order to have better health because energetically our emotions are stored in our, in our guts. That's where we store pent up emotions, emotions we're not expressing all the things we didn't want. We knew we wanted to say, but we didn't. That's why so many people, I mean, that's one of the things when people talk about Crohn's disease and they talk about diverticulitis, like to me, it's inflamed because of a, the food we eat, but I think we're, it's also inflamed because of all the emotion that we store within our body. Yeah. We get sick to our stomach because of emotion for a reason. Yeah. We don't get yeah. sick to our elbow. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, it's, so it's like there, I think there's that, that process and why it's, it's a huge process, not only physically, I think emotionally too, there's a process there where uh, we need to explore. Uh, um, that's why I'm, I always say that no solution comes from one facet. The solution comes from many facets. And, and for me, the big facet here is food because that's something that I'm, I I feel challenged around what foods to eat and what not to eat. You know, how do I deal with taking things out of my, my meals that create inflammation in my body and that I rely on heavily because they're, they're quick and they're inexpensive. Um, you know, how it's, it's, it's it very overwhelming, you know, to, I think for some people, we look at this and we're like, oh my God, this is a huge effort. But to me, like this morning, as I was making my oatmeal is like, okay, but you can make it simple by just doing one thing. Like, it's like, okay, so instead of cow's milk, lactose-free cow's milk, you drink almond milk again. I love almond milk. Like I drink it, um, you know, but the problem is, is that I like the sweetened version and it's sugar. <laughs> right. right. So, but you could also play around, right. Yeah. With, with sweeteners. You know, I use sugar. I use sugar in my coffee in the morning every day, but I use like 
I don't know, not sugar in the raw, but something like that. Like there, it's not white. It's monk fruit. The sugar I use is not white. No, it's sugar, but it's like literally like they they like soak the cane and then dehydrate the cane. You know, like it's it's unrefined. So it's still got like kind of that brownish tinge to it. Okay. And I only use it in my coffee in the morning or if I make baked goods or whatever, but I don't see the spikes that I do when I use white sugar. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and so it's, it's also, um, I think there's far less sugar in almond milk than there is in a lot of other, like, cause there's, there's sugar in dairy. Yeah. <laughs> when they take that lactose out, they have to replace it with something or dairy tastes like crap. So they mm-hmm. add sugar to it to make it taste better. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, so, so I, I just, I realize sometimes it's like, you know, you don't have to go and rearrange your entire diet to make it better because number one, it's going to cause inflammation because your body hasn't eaten these things in a long time. Like for me, it's like salad, like it causes inflammation because it's like not ready for all that fiber. It's like, what? (laughs) Well, also like when you have a leaky gut, which is what they, you know, what most of this inflammation leads to, it can't process those things. And so when, when, when something like that, like roughage goes through and goes into your body, like your body has to fight it harder because it's like bigger pieces of stuff. I mean, again, like this podcast is fascinating and everybody should listen to it because it's like, holy shit. But yeah, you inflame yourself more because it's a foreign substance and your body is fighting everything that's foreign when you're in auto autoimmune. Yeah. Everything. Yep. So I encourage you not to go crazy and, and start eliminating stuff, but pick one thing in your diet you want to improve on. Just pick one thing. Go get a food sensitivity test. I mean, if your insurance covers it, if, if you want to, um, you know, I went to a um, Everly Well, I'm sure you guys have seen them advertise. They have, they have all kinds of STDs, like fertility, foods, like different things. Um, And so I went and did, um, oh yeah, they have so many different tests. Um, yeah, they have thyroid, vitamin D metabolism, vitamin D and inflammation tests. Yeah, they have, they have a whole bunch of different things. Um, but I took a food sensitivity test and basically what that was is, um, it was, it's $160. Um, and they, they came back and they said, you know, they, they listed what my food sensitivities was. And I was surprised because the most sensitive thing I have is, um, is egg whites. Now, for those who know me, I live off eggs, like they're cheap, they're good protein. Um, and at first that really just, sent me into like this tailspin of like, now what am I going to eat for protein? I have a struggle keeping protein on my body in the first place. Like it was like the only sure thing. Well, and then, and then I just kind of took the test. It was like, I don't want to look at this, (laughs) but it could be that it's reactive because of how much of it I eat. It's reactive because I'm still, I'm eating so much. And so now I have learned to like, I have like, how can I find protein in different ways? Like 
there's oatmeal out there right now who has that has protein and fiber. I feel full as if I've eaten eggs. I don't eat eggs hardly in the morning unless I have a craving for them. I eat them sometimes for dinner because they're easy, but yet they're better than ordering out or whatever. So my usage of eggs has considerably declined. Like I used to get those like five dozen egg boxes and that would last me a month. Like that's how much egg, how many eggs I ate. That's a lot. That's a lot. So I, I, I've the last 18 count egg thing I bought like, Oh, I don't know, a week and a half ago. And I haven't barely touched it. So, you know, it's, I'm, I'm, so I'm sure if I were to retake this, this, my food sensitivity to it may be less Mm -hmm. because I'm not creating the environment where I'm eating them constantly. Right. And some things are literally just kind of low level, but when our entire body is in flames, everything burns, right? Like (laughs) think of it that way is it doesn't pick and choose. It's just like, yeah, man, if there's even a tiny bit of this that causes anything, well, now uh, it causes a lot because we're a whole mess, right? Like we are a fire and this is gasoline versus if we are not a fire, we may, it's just a little simple, something that our body can fight off, right? Like our body naturally has the ability to handle histamine, right? We don't just one day, all of a sudden we can't handle histamine. It's because we've created an environment of too much and our body cannot fight it off because it's too much, right? We, so you drop it down to a level where your body can handle it. And as you heal, you have the ability to, you know, play around with it a little bit more. Okay. So here's what I want to do for our listeners is I want to define the word histamine because all of you hear all, all of you hear it and you're like histamine. Isn't that something you take for allergies? Yeah, <laughs> no, no. You take well, you antihistamines take- for yeah. allergies. Okay. Yeah. That's so the definition of a histamine is a compound, which is released by the cells in response to injury and an allergic and inflammatory reaction causing contract contraction of smooth muscle and dilation of capillaries. Um, so basically histamine is released by the body when there's a, something in it that it deems is not okay. So, mm-hmm. which is what Vanessa is talking about mm-hmm. is that like, she had the avocado thing. I don't know if we were talking yeah. about off camera or on camera, I don't remember anymore. I don't know either. So she was, you know, her, she, you know, she, you know, avocados, she was told avocados are high. She's like, I can't eat avocado. What? You know, but it's like, no, cut down, cut back, stop eating them for a minute, allow your body to adjust and eat them according to, you know, the right feeling, like however many your body can, can handle or like not eating them every day, all day, like as snacks all day, every day, you know? They're like paying attention to what's going on, right? Like certain times of year, because the outdoor allergies are getting me, I'm having more histamine reaction because I'm, because of the, the newness of what has come around. So I'm the things that cause low level histamine reaction now cause high level histamine reaction. I'll drink coffee and my nose will run. And I'm like, what the hell? Oh, I'm, it's too much. 
yeah. right now. Right. Like, and learning that about your body so that, you know, okay, well then I'll cut down on these histamine producing foods. They have, I mean, it's easy to find a list of that. Um, and it doesn't mean you can never have them. You just have to pay attention. Right. Like it's like when they say everything in moderation, they really mean it. <laughs> and it's not just about good food versus bad food. It's what does this food do in your body? Learn how to integrate it in such a way that you're keeping yourself on the level. Yes. Yes. So absolutely. And so Vanessa, what are some of the things if, if our listeners go into the doctors and they say, I need to know what food sensitivities I have, how do they, how do they say that in a way that a doctor will understand what they're seeking? Well, and this is the hard part because even the doctors that, that you listen to, and not just on this podcast, but that I've, you know, that I've heard over and over again is that some doctors don't believe in it that it took a long time for, for leaky gut to become something that doctors would actually talk about that way, way back. And there's one doctor on that, that, that podcast specifically that says that even when she was younger, like she was like, this is, this is bull crap. Like, there's no way that this is a real thing. <laughs> right. And she went on her own, like, like no way. And she's like, and now it's commonplace. Now it's known as a thing that happens, but you'll still run into doctors that don't like you saying basically that, you know, better than them. Um, there are some doctors that will say like, no, because they don't want to fight the insurance company in order to pay for it. Right. Um, but that's where, I mean, and in all honesty, if you run up against that, you know, you just told us it's $160. It's an investment in your body that if you can come up with it, being able to say, listen, I want to get this test done. Can you help me interpret the results? Um, because I, I, I just feel like there's some stuff, some foods that I'm eating are causing me to feel crappy, you know? Um, and I just want to investigate, you know, go on an investigative mission with them versus, you know, telling them what they have to do. I feel like is a lot, sometimes, you know, they can receive that a little bit better. Also though, you can screen doctors um, when you go to find one to ask them what they believe in. Truly. And, yep. you know, a naturopathic doctor is always going to be more receptive to this kind of stuff um, than one of those like kind of drive through doctors <laughs> who gives you 10 minutes of their time. Um, so there's there's that. But yeah, I mean, you have to. Unfortunately, when we are dealing with the medical field, we have to we bear the burden of proof in order to get them to move most of the time. Yep. Um, I can remember going to a GI doctor and this was, this was when I was in Florida, it was right after going to the allergist, um, because I've always had like IBS ish, right? Like, and I, and I have mixed IBS. So it's, it's sometimes constipation and it's sometimes loose stools, mostly constipation. And that GI doctor saw me for about five minutes, gave me a medication and said, this will help clear you out. Just take this. And I remember going, okay, but how did it happen? I want to like not make it happen. I don't want to have to take this pill for the rest of my life because I don't know why it's happening to me. I want to like stop doing the thing that's making it happen. And so he didn't want to hear it, any of it. And I had to tell myself, okay, well, you're, you're up against somebody who doesn't want to work with you. So you have to find another avenue to figure this kind of stuff out. Um, so yeah, like a naturopathic doctor might be better if you, if you run into something like that. Um, 
you know, it, it's going to take advocating for yourself regardless yeah. of being able to say that. And, you know, coming in with, with the information that helps them understand, they see you for such a short period of your life that if you don't tell them the information, they don't know the information. So right. they're going to take the tidbits that you give and they're going to bounce it against their medical knowledge and just spit out what makes sense to them. So right. the more information we have, the better. If we can say things like, sometimes when I drink coffee, my nose runs and sometimes it doesn't. And I feel like that depends on the day or whatever you're giving them information to know that this is not a regular thing. So it's not as simple as stopping coffee, right? Stuff like that. Be, being able to be an investigator of your body so that you can give them the information that they don't have. And another type of, you know, if you're limited fund wise, if you search for a PCP or a doctor, look for a DO. A yes. DO, they're more than likely willing to explore alternate ways of like looking at things. I, because I work with energy and because I've always like, I'm always talking about it and I'm always like, well, you know, my symptoms are brought on by my emotions. They're more willing to work with naturopathic type of remedies than an MD. So, um, look for a DO and find one or just, query people in the area. Sometimes you'll find that, you know, for your friends or people may know in your, in your town of the place to go in order to get full understanding of dealing with food sensitivities, because it shouldn't, we shouldn't want to have to put up fires in order to get attention. Right. Right. And, and that's the problem is that a lot of the MDs and a lot of the doctors won't do anything until there's a fire to be put out. Right. And they'll put it out with a pill. Right. They will explore things. Right. You come in there, they'll say, oh, okay, this sounds like you need this pill and that will stop. Yep. But we're trying to get to the root cause. And that's actually the name of the podcast is the root cause podcast. And that's, you know, what the, what the whole thing is about is that we we're trying to be a detective about the causes of our symptoms, not just managing our symptoms. Yeah. Um, because the inflammation will continue to exist even like even with allergies, right? People will go get allergy shots to try to make that allergy less because it's not good for your body to be inflamed and for you to take antihistamines, because that means that anything that's coming into your body that, um, your body needs to fight. It won't because you're suppressing the natural effect of your histamine fighter, you know, like your, what, what histamine does in your body, what it's supposed to be doing. You're interfering with its natural process, um, on a regular basis. It's not good for us. No, not at all. And you know, this is like a huge rabbit hole. I mean, I mean, I'm obviously six years into it and still very much learning. Yeah. And I'm, and I'm over here, like, I could go so many places with this because I could. And, and right now, you know, if you're on a journey like me and you're like, yeah, but you know, you're really overwhelmed with all of the information out there. Stick with one thing. Don't you, yes, we want to research, but if you're a person who gets overwhelmed easily, don't Google something (laughs) 
because there's a lot of people with a lot of different opinions. And what you need to do is learn about your own body, which is why I took that food sensitivity test because I was like, I want to know. Because, and here's the thing, okay? This is, well, as you're talking about, you know, the gut and it, what it's releasing, and I'm still on that, <laughs> still running that through my head. And, and like the hormones that it releases and all the things that the good, good things it releases for your brain, like serotonin, dopamines, things like that. If, if you think about it, and if you're a person with a chronic illness and you have inflammation in your body, when uh, oftentimes we will find that we flare when we're upset. Mm-hmm. When we're upset, our bellies generally are pretty like in turmoil. Like you feel them kind of like they're hot. They're like, it's a hot spot. And it makes me wonder how much of that is the lack of what it needs in order to secrete dopamine, serotonin that, com- that contributes to my mood which creates the inflammation because I'm, I'm in that space of like upset, which means all my joints are going to hurt. They hurt worse when I'm upset or I'm emotionally not okay. So it's like that cycle again. So you wonder why, you know, it kind of clicked for me. It's like, Oh, I wonder if that I ate something that caused my gut to go, what the fuck and flame my body, not secrete any of the serotonin and dopamine that it needs to be happy then I'm in an emotional state and then it's making it worse because then I'm eating junk food or that I'm, I'm just, it's like, I'm not feeding it what it needs. Cause I'm not okay. So waking up on the wrong side of the bed, I swear that's what that is, is that something has happened so that the chemical cycle isn't going the right way. So the feel good <laughs> chemicals didn't, didn't get to the brain. And so you woke up for no reason, right? Like we, I have those days I wake up irritated for no reason, nothing happened, but I'm like on edge and I'm like, what the, like that. And then the emotion state, like you just said, makes it worse, right? Because now I'm irritated that I'm irritated. And now I'm creating a whole other facet of that cycle yeah. that and like I said, I'm still learning. I'm not sure what to put in my gut on those days that I wake up on the wrong side of the bed to heal with the medicine of food. I'm still on that journey, but I know it to be something like that because it isn't just natural. I didn't just wake up and, and today was meant to be a bad day. Something chemicals happening in my body because that's how it happens, right? You know, sometimes energetic, you know, like we do feel, you know, planetary movement and stuff. But I think on a regular basis, it's that cycle of what we're putting into our gut, how we feel, and how they all interact with each other. It's amazing. It really is amazing. Our bodies and brains are freaking amazing. It's, it's, you know, because when your body's inflamed, if you think about it, it's, trying to heal itself Mm -hmm. and it's if you're feeding it more things that causes the inflammation over on top of it that's why our bodies go rogue that's why our body creates an autoimmune issue right and we can't it's not sustainable this is i mean cancer is born of mast cells and you know 
our white blood cells rushing all kinds of places to try to heal the injury that we've created inside our body. And when we're doing it with food or substances, right? Like the smoking isn't what causes the cancer. It's the chemical reaction of your body trying to combat the carcinogen that creates it. Yeah. hundred percent. So, you know, check out that podcast, you guys. I just, I just uh, followed it on Spotify. So they must be everywhere. Apple, Spotify. Um, It's called the root cause medicine podcast. Um, Go subscribe to them. Go listen. I'm going to go listen. I've I've got it queued up so that when I'm working on my, um, my stuff today that I can listen to it and get a good understanding of what they're saying and, and use it as a springboard. But the biggest thing I encourage you is to listen to your body. Listen, 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 listen. If you're, you know, if you're inflamed, think about what did I eat yesterday? Or what did I eat an hour ago? What did I have for breakfast? Like I just ate a donut, no lie. And I'm sure there's going to be some ramifications for that donut (laughs) coming along the way soon. So you know, I may feel achier sooner at night than I would normally. So, but I enjoyed every piece of that donut. But you knew, and that's the thing. If you're not knowing that that's what's going on, you may just think your, you know, body sucks or you're depressed or whatever. Right. Like, but when you can pinpoint like, Hey man, when I feel a little something, something, I'm going to remember what I ate. Yeah. So I'll handle it differently. Yeah. I won't be like, oh my God, what is my body going through? I also know emotionally when I am not releasing a lot of shit and I'm not okay, I know my body's going to do the same thing. It's releasing what it needs to release out of my guts that it doesn't like so that we can all come back to that space of like, whew, we got rid of that shit. Let's, yeah. let's, let's be, you know, let's move forward in a more healthy manner mm-hmm. and you know, and to really kind of put some things in it that it, it likes and that it needs to heal, whatever that is. Yeah. So just process. let it be a process. Yeah. Don't go crazy. Don't go nuts. Don't get on any, I'm telling you what, if you tell me you're on a keto diet or you're on some other diet, I'm going to punch you in the face. No, I'm <laughs> kidding. We're, again, knocking on the door. We're going to, we're going to make this happen. guys. Yeah. <laughs> this TV we're going to show up. <laughs> But even those doctors say not to do it, right? Especially if you haven't gotten a food sensitivity test, that there's a lot of people that go on anti-inflammatory diets and just kind of really, you know, cheat themselves out of stuff that they could eat because they're not being specific enough, right? right. Like, and, and so you don't have to torture yourself is really what the, the, the thing being that it, there's an easier way so that you can not feel like you have to go into deprivation in order to heal yourself. You, you, most, most people do not have to. With the information that I receive from my tests, you know, some of my favorite things are on that list, like mozzarella cheese and gluten and, you know, but they're mild sensitivities. So that means don't eat it every fucking day. Don't eat, don't, you know, you don't have to. And you know what the thing of it is too? is we naturally know what not to eat. Okay. I have been, okay. I, this is, this is, you know, you get that craving for a hot dog every now and again, and you're like, I just want a hot dog. And you get that. I don't know. I get a craving for hot dogs just because it's what I grew up with. 
and I'll get the hot dog. And usually you think, okay, the hot dog bun. And then you're going to have some sort of like whatever for a side. And I'm like, I will work to not have to have a bun. Lately, I've been less and less looking to like, if I make burgers, if I make whatever, I will look less and less to have a bun and more and more just to eat the meat and the little cheese and whatever else I have as a side. And so I naturally am like reducing my gluten intake because like I'm listening and I don't even, and I, it's not even in the sense of I'm doing that to have less gluten. I'm doing that because my body's saying, we don't really want that. And I'm like, okay, we don't want it. We don't have to have it. Let's not have it. It's a filler. It's not there to <laughs> provide nutritional value. Right? It's a filler. <laughs> but it's making me more aware of, I don't have to have it just because the world sells you burgers on a bun. Doesn't mean you have to eat a burger on a bun. You can just eat the burger by itself. Yeah. It's like a piece of steak, but it's just ground up. Right. It's like, so it's <laughs> more and more. Am I finding ways? And even when I eat out, like sometimes I won't eat half the bun. I'll like yeah. just have one half. Yeah. And, and I won't, you know, I'll just, you know, mm-hmm. but, and sometimes I have the whole bun. It's not all the time, but I'm finding that I naturally am reducing when I allow myself to kind of check into what I want, what yeah. my body is signaling it wants. I less and less will eat the things that are horrible for me. As long as I'm not coming from a space of emotionality, right? You no, know, like, like a high emotion, like upset or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's really interesting. And it's I think, scary. and I think that the more that, that we don't see food as the enemy, we see it as, as, okay, what's going to cause my body inflammation. Okay. I need to eat less of those things. Honey, people, I still eat eggs. I know my body's highly reactive to eggs, but mm-hmm. I still eat them, but I don't eat them like I was doing before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't eat like two in the morning, every morning, every day. Right. I have every now and again, I'll get a need for scrambled eggs and I'll make scrambled eggs, right. but I don't eat them like I used to. They're not my main source of protein. And right. I, which naturally is going to bring down right. inflammation and that sensitivity. Like yeah. I, I swear if I probably took the test again to raw, I may be a little bit sensitive, but it won't be so high. Like I won't be so highly reactive because I don't have so much of it in my system. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. which is funny because if you think about it, vaccines, and this just triggered me as we were talking, vaccines, a lot of times they use egg whites mm-hmm. as a emulsifier in their vaccines. What did I just have a freaking allergic reaction to? A vaccine. I bet you 10 to 1 they used egg whites. Uh-huh raw egg whites as an emulsifier for that vaccine which is why I had that allergic reaction uh-huh. and when I go to do my infusion sorry guys you're just gonna have to listen to this, <laughs> this is how we this is how we find our our our, our paths or whatever because then I realized before an infusion they give me a Tylenol and they give me a Claritin just to make sure I don't have allergic reaction what felt better after I had that Claritin my arm. Right. It's crazy guys. I, I mean, and 
when I tell you that this is a rabbit hole, I am like, I was so excited to do this because I'm like, there's no way to even put enough of the information out there, but it is very exciting information. (laughs) It's the more you learn, like, yes, there can be that tendency. Like I was, I was, again, I don't remember if this was while we were talking before or while we were on here, but like, even when I had the dairy thing and the gluten thing way back in the day, and even now it's like, you can get into the space of walking through the grocery store and being like, everything is poison, right? I mean, and I've done that when I had to get rid of the dairy and the gluten and seeing how many things have dairy in them and how many things have gluten in them. It was like, I can't eat anything, (laughs) right? Like I was like looking at labels, like, why is there gluten in this? You know, like frick, I can't eat anything. It'll really put you into like, oh, how much inflammation has been in my body because everything has gluten. Holy shit. Like it can really put you into that tailspin, but like Amy's saying, we got to pull ourselves back and be like, this needs to be a process. I don't have to see everything as a poison and then only eat vegetables because I'm just not going to sustain that. Like, let's be realistic here. However, I do want to be more conscious. So I will make choices that are different, but guys, there's so many things, so many things, even just in this one podcast, there are a bunch of, I mean, there's more than this podcast. This just is the one that I'm recommending because it's the one I've been listening to right now. I've listened to many other ones in the past six years, Um, but just all the different parts of your life that are affected by food because food is our fuel, all of it, our fertility, our emotional health, our gut health, our muscles, all of it, guys, this, our food is our fuel. So we do unfortunately have to look at all of that and in the industry that is food and how it's keeping us sick and what we can do to level that out the best that we can in our bodies. It does not mean that forever you have to give up everything that you love. Just like when we talk about dieting, right? We talk about the moderation because we're talking about not deprivation, making sure that there isn't deprivation and that when you bring your body back into balance to a good balance for you, you'll figure out how to keep all of these things that you love in there without having it be the end of your world. Yeah, absolutely. I will still eat pizza, mozzarella cheese. I still eat pizza. I'm not supposed to have gluten and dairy, but guess what? Because of all the work that I have done on Friday, I have two pieces of pizza. I do make the pizza at home, <laughs> which, you know, does make it a little bit different, but I, I mean, it tastes delicious. I have two pieces of pizza and I no longer like die the next day. Yeah. And that's because of the work that I have been doing to control the inflammation in my body. So yeah. like, it's proof guys. It, it can, it can get better. You don't have to always be in deprivation mode, but you know, we're, if we can reset, we can do some good things for our bodies. Absolutely. Absolutely. And for those of you, um, who are on your journey, check out the podcast. We're going to link it in, um, our posts on Instagram and Facebook check them out, check us out on our other series. Well, our normal Wednesday. Um, and just let's listen to our bodies. Let's begin the journey. 
you begin it with me. I'll begin it with you. We'll check in. We'll see how we're doing. See where we're at. I really want to hear from you guys. So if you are starting a body journey of some sort, comment below, send us an email saying, Hey, I am, I'm doing this too. This is what I'm doing. So we can celebrate you and cheer you along the way. We thank you for being here. I do want to have one quick announcement. Um, in two weekends, this will go up Monday. So on the 26th and 27th, I will be teaching with Phoenix Rising Star, which is the um, founder and the creator of the Healing Angel Protocol. Her and I will be teaching level one, which is the opening level to the, the three level course. It is where we open ourselves up to hearing our intuitive guides, our channeling angels, we or spirit guides, high level beings, plants, minerals. Um, we connect with our environment. We connect with whoever's here to bring in healing for us or others. Um, we'll learn how to open. And then on Sunday, we are going to be teaching how to connect with animals, all animals of all kinds. We, we, where you can hear, you may hear what they're asking of you. You, we may be sending them healing because they're injured or they have something wrong or they're not feeling themselves. You know, we're, we're going to learn how to do all of that. So if you have pets, if you're an animal lover, if you have a farm and want to create a deeper connection with your animals, that weekend is going to be amazing. The cost of it is $4.97 and that's the cost of level one because with level one, we're giving you the animal um, module, the animal modules for free. So it's a great deal. I'm going to be there. We have a whole lot of fun. I and love all things playing with angels and, and pets because pet, I love animals. It's my, yeah. it's my shtick. Um, <laughs> and so I hope you join us, drop us um, an email at Freud's angels at gmail.com. If you want to attend, I will send you a registration link um, and we can go from there. Um, but, you know, consider it. Yes. We'll probably share it again the week of, um, and just so to remind you, cause limited seats are available, but we didn't want to, we didn't want to have such a huge group that we lost, that we weren't making sure that the people were getting what we want to um, teach because there's nothing more than being in a large class and not getting individual attention. We want everybody to feel like we're teaching you and you specifically, and not just teaching for the sake of teaching. So join us. It's, it's going to be a good time. It always is. It always is. You, you're going to feel so much better on the other end of just level one and working with animals. It's going to be profound. So join us then till then stay well, you know, listen to your body, try to make nice with your body. It has a lot to say. It's been there for you, regardless of its state. It's, it's tried to keep you in on the good path, so to speak. It's been, you know, we, we definitely, um, we definitely put our bodies through the ringer and it's still here ready to work for you. It's, it's, it's like a Labrador puppy who gets, Sometimes it gets the newspaper and sometimes, but it still comes back and it still wants to love you. So let's love it back. I feel anyways, love you guys. And we'll talk next week. Love you. Thank you for joining us on Freud's angels. We are thankful for each of you opening up your heart to us. 
To continue the healing, connect with us on Instagram at Freud's underscore angels and on Facebook at Freud's angels. Please subscribe to the show so that we may help you continue your journey. And remember to give us some love in the review section. If anything we've talked about today has triggered an emotional or mental crisis, please call 911 or head to the nearest emergency center. And always remember you are loved, you are worthy, and the world needs your light. <laughs>